Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Algen in June 2021, cool sculpting leads FDA clear to visible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling. You, I'll marry you. Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. Streaming now only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. It's still Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Toast Show, episode number 603 for September 2nd, 2021. This is your AW All Out Preview and Predictions edition of SRTU. I'm going to have the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, did Ida affect you, my friend? So we got a little bit. So it came up through New Orleans, obviously, kind of went north and then started to curve west. So we got uh, two days of rain. Uh, We probably got about three to five inches of rain over uh, Monday and Tuesday. But uh, for my part, we actually came out okay because it kind of looped around us and then headed up towards uh, your neck of the woods. Yes, and it certainly did. So it made its way on Wednesday night, and uh, we got about five to six inches in about uh, two hours of rain. Uh, it was it was quite the night here, and I thought like we weren't going to get it that bad. Um, and then I was like thinking to myself, like, oh shit, like how am I going to record the podcast tomorrow? Like the streak's on the line at this point. Like what am I going to do? Like go off of my phone? Like how are we going to do this? So uh, I was certainly thinking about you and, and your family over the weekend. It affected me uh, last night. More importantly, friend of the podcast, professional wrestler, he performed at NWA 73 this past weekend. He and his son, both actually, uh, our friend Luke Hawks, um, sending well wishes to him and his family, his friends right now. He is the Southern Stomper. He's from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, obviously ravaged by Ida. You could follow him on Twitter, LukeHawks504. Uh, it, it seems like it's a long road of recovery for for him and his uh, his hometown, Dr. Trey. It's just, I know we're kind of making light of it, but it's a sad thing here because uh, even here where I, I live, uh, I think I saw from Maryland to Connecticut, at least 40 people have died uh, from Ida. It, it, 
really knocked a lot of people on its ass, at least here in the Northeast. I think three tornadoes touched down in New Jersey. It, it was, uh, it's been a wild week here in the U.S. when it comes to weather front. Yeah, so between the stuff going on in New Orleans, then my mom and my brother live out in Reno, which is right outside the uh, was the Cordona wildfires going on in Sacramento, coming up to South Lake Tahoe. So they're within 60 miles. Uh, actually, right on that, like, yeah, we're around 60 miles uh, from Tahoe to Reno. So, like, my mom's texting me about the about the hurricane. I'm texting her about the fires. Then I got all my friends in, in the Northeast dealing with all the rain and everything else. And, you know, uh, like, I was in New Jersey when Hurricane Sandy hit. So I, I know what happens yeah. in Jersey and New York when we get that deluge of rain. Uh, so I was worried about you guys. And then, actually, one of the guys I work with, uh, we actually sent him up to Boston uh, so he's all the way up there dealing with the fallout from Ida. So it's, it's crazy how the climate has kind of shifted and we have all this crazy weather going on over the summer because it's, it's really hitting everybody all over the country. Yeah, certainly not in a good way, uh, that it's affecting us, but, um, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there who's been affected by Ida here in the United States. It's, uh, it's been a tough time. And I certainly think about my good friend, Luke Hawks, uh, who's just a great guy, and I'm so happy for him to be in NWA this past weekend in 73. He and his son, I watched his mat, his son's match against uh, Colby Carino on the pre-show. Go out of your way and check that out. Um, Luke Hawks is is uh, one-of-a-kind guy, and hopefully we get him on the podcast here. I've talked about that forever. We'd love to let get Luke on here uh, once things settle down. So thoughts and prayers to everybody out there uh, dealing with Ida. Um, moving along here to talk a little bit about professional wrestling this past week, Dr. Trey. Um, I nearly blew a gasket on Wednesday, uh, before Ida hit and reports are out there. We've heard about it. There's going to be a revamp of NXT. We've seen a new logo. It's been out on the vignettes this past week. It's a very colorful logo. Wale is doing the uh, rep background. Uh, there's going to be an upcoming revamp. It was confirmed by WWE president Nick Khan. We talked about it on last week's show. And the reports out there were that NXT was going to fall under the umbrella of Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard's creative stronghold and scared the living jesus out of me uh, it scared a lot of fans as well as the hashtag rip nxt was trending on twitter for like 24 hours following it well there's been an update to that story and it's interesting so we'll have to see it like if this is a good thing because there's still a lot of apprehension and uh, speculation right now about the future of nxt this comes to us from wrestling inc the wwe nxt brand will still be quote very much in the hands of triple h and his team Despite the upcoming revamp that will reportedly see WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon produce the show with his executive producer and senior vice president Bruce Pritchard. As noted, it was reported on Wednesday that McMahon and Pritchard will be producing the NXT brand when live shows resume later this month with the September 14th episode. It was said that McMahon and Pritchard will be behind the big decisions for the NXT brand, but not the smaller ones. They will also be responsible for marketing, promotion, and direction of the NXT brand. It was also said that NXT will be like, quote, the old NXT moving forward. Prior to this point, a lot of people were saying the Curtis Axel version of NXT, uh, which appears to be a reference to how the brand was at its peak around 2015, 2018 or so. I'm like, okay, well, that is true. That was its definite peak. In an update at WrestleVotes on Twitter reports that their sources say the day-to-day operation of NXT won't be changing drastically, and that it's still very much in the hands of Triple H, Shawn Michaels, William Regal, Matt Bloom, and others. It was also noted that the look of the weekly NXT TV production will have a, quote, Vince and Company stamp on it. The news of McMahon and Pritchard producing the weekly NXT show led to hashtag RIP NXT trending worldwide on Twitter over the last 24 hours. 
So, Dr. Trey, a lot to unpack there. You and I, longtime fans of the NXT product, WWE Network version of the NXT product, love the brand. We've been very honest that it's been uh, a little bit stale, probably the, in the last year. It's been having a tough time in the pandemic era. They've they certainly benefit off of the uh, live crowd of Full Sail University and various other takeover events. We're hearing about Bruce Pritchard. We're hearing about Vince McMahon being involved. Triple H's team is still involved. There's speculation that this is only the beginning for Vince to take over NXT. Vince is now going to have some sort of fingerprints on NXT. He didn't at all, which kind of made NXT really fun, different, and unique, and an enjoyable show to watch each week. So where do you stand on this, on this upcoming revamp? i got to be honest. I, my, I'm feeling better because Triple H and company are still involved and they want to get it back around its peak of 2015 and 2018. But I'm still a bit concerned when I see Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard being involved. So when, when the first reports came out about Vince and Bruce producing everything, I, I was really concerned. And then when this last report came out that, you know, Triple H and his team, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, you know, those guys were still going to have their hands all over it. And it was more Bruce and Vince handling, I guess, pet projects, top, you know, top card stuff, whatever. It did make me feel a little better because maybe – this will help that transition phase when people transition from NXT to the main roster and struggle. If Vince and Bruce can kind of say, hey, we like this guy. This is where we see him on the main roster. Let's start adjusting him here in NXT. So when he comes to the main roster, it kind of fits in better. Maybe to me that I'm okay with that because it smooths the transition over. Um, I, I hate the new logo. Uh, I hate the new music. Um, cause I'm a metal guy. <laughs> so I always like triple H's choice of music. Um, but I, I get it. At the same time, they want to make it a little more WWE, which is a little more colorful, a little more vibrant. And as much as we love NXT, like you talk about all the time, NXT is that dark, gritty underground, you know, venue that you go see a small band in. It's not the pomp and circumstance of, of raw or SmackDown. Um, but I, I can see Vince's hamper's on this. Like, hey, we need some more color. We need, some, you know, we 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 gotta get the kids to love it. You know, throw some color in there, a little more vibrant, a little more personality. You know, a little like more like what Raw and SmackDown is. So I, I, I guess I'm okay. I understand why they're doing it, but it doesn't mean it's my taste. So uh, I'm I'm nervous that it's going to be a different flavor of wrestling. And you know, this this is my comfort food. NXT is my comfort food. I, I don't want you changing all the ingredients. To make a whole new dish. I mean, if you want to add a little bit of garnishment, I'm fine with it. That's a lot of food reference. You can tell I'm hungry, huh? Mm, it's dinner time. Dr. Trey, yeah. did NXT need to change? Uh, did it need to change? Maybe not change. Definitely needed a, a, a for lack of a better term, fresh coat of paint. Needed a little bit of freshening up. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The, 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 doing the show in, in the, in the Capitol Wrestling Center with the plexiglass up still and everything else, it does seem kind of like it doesn't have the, the same energy it did at full sale. So maybe by doing these changes, they're trying to figure a way to kind of reinvigorate the product, uh, make it a little more lively, a little more energetic. And if that's the case, it's fine. It's more of a, of, of an evolution and not a change. That's, that's kind of where I like. I, you don't need to change something that isn't completely broken. But if, if you can tell the wheels a little wobbly, you do got to change the tire. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think the Capitol Wrestling Center looks really dark, and, and I agree with uh, WWE President Nick Khan when he says that stuff. I've been thinking of that for the last several weeks as I've been watching the show. I, I'm not a fan of the new NXT logo, not the one with the colors, the current one with like uh, the 
the crow in the background. I think that's a bird, like it's wings or maybe it's angel wings. It's like way too much like Ozzy Osbourne. Like it's it's got Triple H's fingerprints all over. Like yeah. it's it's heavy metal, but it's like way too much heavy metal for yeah. for even my liking. Um, you know, I often wonder. Like I to me, I think like NXT has definitely taken a step back in the last year during the pandemic era. It's it's struggled a lot, and I think a lot of that, like I said, has, has to do with the crowd. But I also try to think as a viewer, like how much of it. Was did it has it affected me as a fan, being that the Wednesday Night Wars is was basically like uh, a a massive failure on their part, and they retreated to Tuesday nights. Like, did that did that affect it at all? Like to you? Because I don't think it did for me, but I often try to think a little bit deeper and go, okay, did AEW make me not like think of NXT the way that I loved NXT prior to AEW launching? So if, if you go back to when the Wednesday Night Wars first started and we sat here and talked about it, that, you know, AEW – now, the first few episodes, AEW aired the replay right after. And then I could pick and choose which show I wanted to watch back-to-back. I could watch NXT and then I could watch AEW do back-to-back. When they took that replay away, I knew I could still go watch NXT the next day on the network, which made me default – to always choosing AEW and for as much crap as you and I gave AEW in, in the early stages of the Wednesday night war, it was always energetic. There was always a lot going on. There was, I mean, it was just a lot of chaos and chaos can be good and bad. The NXT version didn't always have the same energy. And a lot of that was because we didn't have full sale around anymore. So it kind of made it almost, you know, it was secondary to me. Um, I knew I could watch AEW and I, I'd either love it or I'd hate it. There was no in between where with NXT, I'd either like it or dislike it. It was never a giant love or a giant hate. So it was always kind of middle ground. Like I said, it's, it's my comfort food. If I want to feel good, I'll go watch NXT. It's going to be more likely it's going to be a good show. It's just the roller coaster ride of AEW, I think was more exciting. And that's what I think led to this whole change because like I said, NXT is consistent. AEW is just all over the place sometimes, and it kind of makes it car crash TV uh, without the the you know all the TNA stuff that you know Eric Bischoff and you know the the Attitude Era used to provide. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. You know, I like it, it, the entire thing. Like the Wednesday Night War, definitely. I'm glad they're separated. Now, because I do enjoy watching NXT in full and not having to go, you know, pick and choose which one I want to watch and then watch the other one on DVR and try to squeeze that in. Like, it's nice on a Tuesday night to watch NXT. It's nice on a Wednesday night to watch AEW. And it's better that way. And and I think there's a lot about AEW I'm going to talk about later on the show, because if you've been listening to this program for a long time, you've heard me like reverse course on AEW. And I'll explain that a lot um, just before we preview and predict AEW all out. Yeah, the NXT stuff, the revamp, it's it's definitely something that is needed. I do think the product has been stale. We have lost the personalities that like the fans are able to gravitate towards, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's booking or not. Like there's like these weird glimmers that you see like okay, they've got something here. Like I felt like that they should not have broken up the undisputed error. Like even going back to that Pack McAfee Adam Cole stuff like at the end of last year, even though it was in the pandemic era, I loved what they were doing with the Undisputed Era, and it was red hot, then they broke them up, and now looking back at it, it's like, oh, that was kind of 
kind of strange. Bobby Fish gone. Roderick Strong is with a stable that keeps releasing wrestlers, and Kyle O'Reilly's on his own own right now. Um, there's the, going back to the glimmers. It's like Gargano, Dexter Loomis this past week. I love the interaction there. Like that's the entertainment I enjoy. We got old Tommaso Ciampa. I thought he was going to lose to Ridge Holland. He beats Ridge Holland. Uh, so there's. There's definitely glimmers. I love the Hit Row stuff. I love Legado del Fantasma. I think those are two great factions right now. Santos Escobar, to me, is a future world champion. And I think to kind of wrap this all up on the revamp, I think one of the reasons why, Dr. Trey, that maybe it felt stale lately is, and I hate to point fingers because I'm a fan of his work, but I don't think Karrion Cross worked as an NXT champion at all. Like, it just, I don't know. It just never really... Never really vibed with me as a fan. It didn't have that same vibe as when Finn Balor had it, or when in the back of the day when Samoa Joe or Shinsuke had it, or Alistair Black, or even Drew McIntyre or Andrade. It's like I think the Carrying Cross run may be one of the worst NXT Championship runs during this era. Uh, so is it weird that I, so I like Carrying Cross the entrance. I like Carrying Cross the look. I mean NXT one. Not currently, like not like the refugee from demolition. Um, I never really cared for carrying crosses in ring work, and it's almost does this make sense? It's almost too MMA for me. Like it's almost it's it's not wrestling. It's like almost like a shoot style type thing. It's like no, I came to watch wrestling. And like the forearm to the back of the head, hated that as a finisher. Like it just. The way he wrestles in a ring, I'm not always a huge fan of because to me it's very slow and plodding. And we've kind of gotten to adjust it to a much more up tempo style. You see, you know, Bronson Reed doing top row splashes, and you see our, the big guys in WWE typically can move now. We don't get a lot of those just slow, plodding, methodical, take you apart type guys. Um, you know, to me, he wrestles like a Rand, the first 10 minutes of a Randy Orton match, but that's the entire match for carrying cross um it, it, to me he just for me like i get kind of bored watching him in the ring like nothing he does really jumps out at me as like oh my god this guy's a fantastic wrestler like he's a very solid wrestler it's just his style is in my cup of tea and that's why like a lot of times when he would had a match i'd flip over to their channel now his promos are great like i said the entrance is great the the look at nxt was great it was just the in-ring stuff would kind of bore me at times and that's when i'd flip the channels yeah it's uh it's interesting it's just it's a weird little conundrum here and and they're certainly going through a different era of nxt right now with the revamp adam cole being gone who's gonna be the face of nxt now is it samoa joe can they get back to those days the glory days of 2015 2018 because i don't think and i think AEW is getting there and it's tipping my hand a little bit towards how i feel right now towards AEW. I don't think there was a better stretch of professional wrestling that you and I have covered in the history of this show right now than the NXT brand at, on its own from like 2014 to, let's say, 2019. Um, even then, right, just before the pandemic, like that run NXT was on was some of the most fun professional wrestling I have seen ever. I mean, those takeovers were must-see television each time they aired. Like, I think that maybe my favorite run of any brand we've ever covered on the show was that NXT run from when the WWE network launched to about just before the pandemic 2019. Yeah, I can't argue. And even now, like the takeovers are still great. True. It's just the TV show just doesn't have that. And, and, and it, 
and it all comes back to change, leave, having to leave full sale, change the energy of NXT. And as much crap as we used to give the NXT fans for you know all the little corny stuff they pull, I kind of freaking miss it, Jeff. It's weird. It's like that's that was the love, that was the energy, it was that was that you know the ECW arena type feel. And the, and the crazy thing is. Right now, AEW is giving it to us in 10,000, 8,000-seat venues, and the Capitol Wrestling Center looks like your local indie show with a hockey rink built in the middle of it. What do you think about NXT going back to one hour? Do you think that has anything uh, to do with it at all? No, I don't, I don't think so because, like, once again, if, 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 you know, when they went to two hours, when the, when the Monday Night War, when the Wednesday Night Wars kicked off, and they were still getting, putting out great TV. They still have a ton of talent. Floating around that building. If they cut back to one hour, then yeah, you might see Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano once a month, you know, instead of you know two or three times a month. Like it, it limited. It did give it kind of like this special feel. If you knew Champa, Gargano, KO, Sammy, if you knew somebody like that was having a match, it did give it kind of a, a special vibe to it. But you know, you and I sit here, we talk about how much we love SmackDown, and we see the same guys on SmackDown every single week. So I, I don't think it's the True. slot. I just think it's the vibe and the energy of the building. And, and honestly, ever since, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to kick myself later on, ever since Velveteen Dream got released, it kind of felt like, it feels like the the cer- the pomp and circumstance, I'll use that word again, the pomp and circumstance of NXT kind of went away. There was always that one guy that was larger than life the entire history of this show, whether it was Bobby Roode, you know, with the glorious stuff, Shinsuke, you know, Finn Balor, there's always somebody that had that larger-than-life personality that could carry the energy of the show, and I just don't think we have that guy right now in NXT. Let's switch gears here. We'll go to Monday Night Raw, because according to reports, Vince McMahon was very angry heading into Raw, but I thought Raw was pretty good this past week, actually. This um, comes to us from Wrestling Inc. WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon was said to be, quote, angry and loud amid creative changes at Monday's Raw taping. As noted on Monday evening, the afternoon was described as a crazy day backstage at the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City, as there were a lot of changes being made to plans for the show. And an update Monday was described as one of the longest days in a long time for the WWE creative team, according to multiple sources in PW Insider. McMahon was reportedly, quote, extremely unhappy with the original plans for Raw. He, quote, ripped up the script several times during the day, including the original plans and then the initial rewrite. He then began requesting new creative ideas, some of which were said to be good and others not so good. Vince still rejected every pitch to him before decreeing the new plans that ended up airing on the USA Network broadcast. McMahon was said to be, quote, the loudest and angriest one source had ever seen him on a show day. It was noted that there were no official direction or plan for this week's Raw episode until 6 p.m. Eastern, so two hours before Raw went on the air. And then Raw this past week, Damian Priest pins Drew McIntyre during Triple Threat match along with Sheamus to retain the U.S. title in a great match. Nia Jax defeats Charlotte Flair in a very stiff match. RK Bro defeat Bobby Lashley and MVP in the main event in a fun match. And now I'm starting to feel like Raw could be built around Damian Priest and RK Bro going forward because they are over and have a ton of momentum. So Vince was loud and angry, and which makes you think that Raw was going to be pretty bad. And then I watched Raw this past week before I even looked at these reports, and I was like, that was a really good episode of Raw. So I guess Vince should be angry more, Dr. Trey? Do you feel like Raw was good this week? I thought Raw was, was pretty solid. And, and the crazy thing is to me, like we get these reports, and I feel like we get these reports like once every two months. So when I when I get a report that, you know, Vince hated the direction of the show, he got very loud, very angry. I'm just like, isn't that like a typical like once a month Vince type thing? Like I wasn't overly shocked to read it, but 
you know, if, if this was Vince's direction, then maybe Vince still has his pulse on the wrestling community. He's not as out of touch as the general wrestling population likes to throw out there. Because I sat there, I don't know about you, Jeff, but when, when Priest pinned McIntyre, I went, whoa, that, that's a pretty big moment. That's a pretty big, you know, thing to have happen. And then the stuff with Nia, like beating up, you know, Rhea, Nikki, and then beating Charlotte. I'm like, all right, maybe we're back on the Nia train right now. Because I do think Nia's entertaining. Um, you know, the stuff with RK Bro being in the main event and having several segments throughout the show. I'm like, all right, maybe he is paying attention. Maybe he is like, hey, everybody loves RK Bro. Let's let's feature them throughout the show. Like, we we want some more stars. Let's make Damian Priest pin Drew McIntyre. That'll, that'll put him over. Like, there was some stuff going on there. I'm like, wow, that seems like they're actually paying attention to the fans this week, where in the past they seem like they haven't. I, I, I thought it was pretty good. So you may be right. Maybe Vince should get pissed off more often and, and start yelling and, and raising his voice, and I'm not doing a Vince impression for it right now, so I'm very proud of myself. Mm, good man, good man. I really thought you were going to do that. I was actually going to mention as I read the story when I said extremely loud and angry. I was like, Doug Trey, could you tell us how that sounds? <laughs> that triple threat match, Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, was a banger. Like, yeah. they, they've they've got something there. Like, I, first off, so little twofold. I, I I didn't like that they didn't follow up because I really liked on Raw this the week before that they actually had matches set up for the next week because I really like that. It shows consistency with the creativity creative and it makes me want to tune in and see the storyline continue to move forward so you had Miz and Morris were going to have a match Sheamus and Bobby Lashley and then there was one more match that is escaping me at the moment that was announced beforehand but I liked that they did that and then they didn't do any of those matches at all everything was forgotten about from like the week before like okay Charlotte may be feuding with Alexa Bliss and now she's feuding with Nia Jax however WWE did a real good job like I'm watching the show like I said before Damian Priest RK Bro. Like, I, if you asked me before Damian Priest came from NXT to Raw, like, is Damian Priest a guy that you think could be a main eventer? I was like, yeah, there's some potential. I'm kind of all in here, Dr. Trey. I think, I think this is one of those cases, if they play their cards right, that they could spend these next several months preparing Damian Priest for potentially a big WrestleMania row, role where he's involved with, like, a world title match. And I wouldn't have thought that. And, and I'd be on board. He's, he's over with the fans. And RK Bro, like we all think that eventually Randy Orton's going to turn on Riddle and maybe we get like Randy Orton versus Riddle at WrestleMania. Like that's what the the lead up is here. But they should let this thing play out. They're super over too. Randy Orton is a babyface, extremely over. Like there's a ton of bright spots for the Raw brand, which for a while Raw looked extremely flat. Yeah, I mean, Randy Orton is like so good at whatever he does, and. I like the way, like, Randy Orton's a babyface super over. Like, well, every time Randy's a babyface, he usually gets super over. You know, like, I, you still remember, like, the days when Randy was a babyface and he'd jump up and click his heels in the middle of the match. We're like, oh, my God, Randy Orton shows personality. Like, we got excited for that. But, you know, the, the contrast between those two guys is so fantastic and is so reminiscent of, you know, the Daniel Bryan Kane you know, team held no stuff. Like, it's just so much fun to watch. And, you know, it, it, it kind of puts a spark in, in Randy Orton. And I heard Matt Riddle on Busted Open uh, heading into SummerSlam and, and Bully Ray asked him, like, how many times do you try to pop Randy Orton uh, during the pro, like during your promos and stuff? He goes, in the ring, Randy won't break. He goes, but when we do the uh, the backstage stuff, he goes, Randy will turn away, look away, to kind of giggle to himself and, and not shut the camera. But, like, that kind of stuff, when you see the wrestlers having fun, we, we, I've said that for 10 years in the show. When you see the guys having fun, it translates through the TV. Riddle's always having fun. Damian Priest is always having fun. 
you know, the stuff with Charlotte and Nia that it got real for a little while, that stuff translates into TV. That's what makes compelling television. You want to see guys having fun. You want to feel like the animosity is real. Like that was this week's episode of, of Money in the Raw. Not everything is great. I did really like the Morrison almost stuff because it didn't make sense to me. Like you just turned Morrison babyface and you're going to have him get squashed. Like that doesn't make a ton of sense. But everything else in the show made a lot of sense. So like I, I was really, uh, it made sense for up the way. It made sense for what they were doing Monday night. But you're right in the sense that it didn't make sense from what they left us with the week before. So overall, though, in a bubble, it was a really fun show to watch. Yeah, Raw was very good, and uh, lately I've been kind of contemplating myself: should I not watch Raw on DVR or live or delayed and for three hours, and maybe consider just watching the YouTube clips? But uh, they pulled me back in these last couple of weeks. So good editions of Raw, even despite what we heard from Vince McMahon. Which takes me to my next topic here, Dr. Trey. So I need your advice, really, man. Um, when it comes to my wrestling viewing, let's see, we'll start on Monday. I watch Raw, Tuesday, NXT, Wednesday, AEW Dynamite, Thursday, NXT UK, Impact Wrestling, Friday, SmackDown and Rampage. Uh, and then uh, Saturday, there'll be some 205 Live in there. There'll be some Talking Smack. I also watch Raw Talk as well, like nonstop wrestling, and it's a lot. It's getting to the point where I'm like, I may have to some, I have to cut out some wrestling. And pretty recently on my DVR, I had about two episodes of Impact Wrestling I hadn't touched, and I was getting on the verge of just deleting and being like, I'll just have to start watching these guys on YouTube. But I went and I watched the episodes; they were okay. And I've just been thinking about bringing this topic up for some time, and and whether or not, or how, or where should I cut from my wrestling viewing, if anything, like. There's some really good episodes of Impact Wrestling in a row that are pretty good. AW Dynamite has been gangbusters. I love SmackDown. 205 Live's kind of eh. I think that's probably an easy one to go to is like Raw Talk, Talking Smack, 205 Live, maybe even NXT UK. But it's like, where where do you say when? Like with all the wrestling content that's out there, like where's the line that you draw in the sand for you, Dr. Trey? Because I know you don't watch all those shows. Like where do you draw the sand and go, okay, this is just... One promotion, one show that uh, I'm no longer going to be able to follow. I'll have to follow by reading online or watching YouTube clips. Um, so Okay, so let's get down to the truth of it. So I haven't watched an episode of 205 Live in about a year. I don't blame you. Um, I don't blame you. I, I gave up on it, and especially with all the releases, and now I'm watching, and there's guys who are 350 pounds on 205 Live. I'm like, okay, this is just ridiculous. Um, I haven't watched NXT UK in quite some time, and I know the wrestling is fantastic. I just have never been able to find somebody I can gravitate to on that show. Um, I don't watch Rampage because for me, like the episode, just the last week when, when Punk came out on Rampage, I watched that. And then I watched the rest of the show. I'm like, the I don't really care about Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. I don't care about Kiera Hogan you know, wrestling, I, I, the rest of the matches on that show, I didn't care about. And then I got mad at myself for wasting 45 minutes of, of my life watching it. And it's not that they were bad matches. It's just nothing that excited me. So I don't really watch rampage. Um, usually with raw, I kind of skip the first hour, watch it at, from like eight to nine thirty, And then just depending on who the main event is, that's if I tune in or not. NXT is hit and miss. If I'm home and the family has nothing else going on, We'll watch it, but it, it hasn't been must-see TV for about the last three months. Um, takeovers are, but not NXT. I do watch Dynamite every week. Um, 
impact I don't get on my satellite system with our current subscriptions that we have, so I have to watch that on YouTube. And then SmackDown, once again, it kind of depends on what we have going on at home. So, I, I mean, at one point a year, like pre-pandemic, I was watching everything. Uh, post-pandemic, I'm down to about six hours a week, six to seven hours a week, I think. So, um, I've, I've toned it down. Impact, I, I, Impact, though, I do watch on YouTube because, um, as we'll discuss when we get to our, our, our um, the close of our show, I'm, I'm going to be around a lot of these Impact guys coming up over the next few weeks, so i got to kind of pay attention to the show at least, but... Right now, like AEW and uh, SmackDown are like the two shows I try to watch every week and then about half of Raw. Yeah, those seems to be like the top shows right now is AEW and SmackDown, in my opinion. Uh, But yeah, it's getting a little bit crazy out there. When they added Rampage, I was like, oh man, how the hell am I going to start squeezing in all this shit? Um, And then, you know, you figure like the other part of it, it's funny you mentioned like the pandemic. Like when it was pandemic, there's a lot of stuff that you're watching. Like you, you got a lot of time on your hands. And then things are starting to open back up, and you're like, oh, I can't really watch a lot of wrestling here. But now they're kind of closing back down again. Not like where we'll be in, in, in a lockdown, but people may not be going out as much as they were. Who knows? And then plus it gets fall, wintertime, and you know, there's not a lot of things that you could do here in the Northeast when it comes to those times. So it's been something I've been thinking about. I don't know where to go. I, I love all those shows, and I, and I like to try and support a lot of professional wrestling, but certainly... It's uh, it's a, it's a line that I have to cross here because it's it's certainly getting long, and uh, I guess I have to figure it out here, and we'll keep bringing it up from time to time here on the podcast each week as to which way I go when it comes to cutting back on some of my wrestling viewing as we move forward. Um, speaking of AEW, Doctor Trey, it's starting to feel like to me that they have a ton of momentum. I can feel it. Uh, I feel like they're on the verge of really truly challenging WWE. Their their viewership isn't where I'd like to see it, and I think where it should be. Um, and this comes from a guy that when they first launched, I mean, we've, we've talked about it hundreds of times here on the podcast now. I was very skeptical of them, and rightfully so, that we've heard companies try to challenge WWE and they either fizzle out or they, they never really even get near Impact Wrestling uh, or get near WWE like Impact Wrestling was. When it comes to AEW, they really were, in the beginning, taking a lot of pot shots at WWE. And I was like, you know, I'm not really down with this. I'm not, I'm not down with this at all. We've seen AEW kind of steer back away from that. Tony Khan recently came out in an interview and said that they made a very conscious effort to not do that anymore because fans should not be able to feel like that they need to pick between products. And I, I agree with that. You, there's, you should not be a, just a WWE fan and not bother to watch AEW. Like, you can watch AEW. You, you, you cannot just be an AEW fan and not watch WWE. No, you can watch WWE. You're a wrestling fan. Enjoy what you want to watch, going back to the watching stuff, and just enjoy what's going on in professional wrestling right now. But with the stuff with the CM Punk signing, Daniel Bryan may be debuting this Sunday at All Out, or he may be debuting in a couple weeks at the Grand Slam event in New York City. There's rumblings that Adam Cole, he's a free agent right now. WWE did an internal memo and said that he's a free agent and he's taking offers. It seems to me he's AW bound. They're on the verge of like signing three of the biggest names in all professional wrestling right now, very popular names, with CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, and have them all under one roof. We've talked about from a structure and creative standpoint, how is AEW going to juggle this all, but they've still done a very good job, and, and I trust the way that they're creative is. But all in all, like this, there's a wave of momentum right now. Uh, Jim Ross hit the nail on the head in an interview recently where he said that AEW has Attitude Era-esque crowds, and they do. The crowd stays red hot all night long. They're excited to be there. 
I miss that feeling. That's a feeling that as a fan, you want to be part of as you watch at home and want to buy a ticket and go watch in person when you have the opportunity and when they come to your town. Like, that's a very successful product right there. Momentum's coming. It's building. Can they really take aim at a- at WWE going forward here in AEW? It certainly feels like there's the momentum building right now, and I think that they are truly challenging WWE. Do you think they're currently challenging WWE or on the verge of truly challenging them? I, I, I think the snowball is starting down the hill. Um, they, they have the momentum. The Punk thing really kicked it in overdrive. And then, in, like you mentioned, any, adding to Daniel Bryan, if they add Adam Cole, there's rumblings that, you know, Bray Wyatt's one of those guys that they're, that they're really targeting as well. And if you can get a Bray Wyatt in the mix, oh, my God, the stuff that he would be able to get away with in AEW uh, is going to be fantastic. Um, they're similar to WCW. Like, I, I say this, and people always people who hear WCW, they get an automatic bad taste in their mouth. But you go to those early days of the Monday Night Wars, that stuff was really good. And the fact that you didn't have to feature everybody. Like, you could have Lex Luger running in the mid-card division. You could have those guys making little random tag teams and challenging for the tag belts and stuff like that. And then when you needed somebody fresh in the main event, you cycle them all up. And I think that's what AEW is doing a really good job of, is that you don't have to, not everybody has to be the main event picture. As long as they have a good story, the fan supports will stay there. So I think they did a great job with that. Um, and to me, though, their issue is going to be until they can get their, their branding out there among the masses. Like, you, you can't walk into Walmart and always find the AEW section of toys. Like they may have some, they may not. The owls or whatever. Their merchandise is not always readily available. Like they're once they get all of that stuff up to speed, then I can see them as a viable competition. That was always WCW's downfall. They never had the merchandise in the branding division to really put them up there with WWE. I think AEW recognizes that though, and they're trying to get there. But that stuff takes time. Um, that takes connections, that takes footwork. That's why I think the, the cross-branding with the other promotion helps them because not only are you exchanging talent, but you're exchanging ideas and you're exchanging ways to explore different avenues that maybe WWE's not touching and can get your product out to more people. So I, I, I like that they're searching for alternative a- avenues as they get the base foundation built up. Two years from now, who's the number one wrestling promotion in the United States? Um... Oh, no, are we talking rating? Like, what are we talking about? Just like in general, ratings? right? As a wrestling fan, you look at it. You could look at it from a viewership ratings, popularity, momentum, enjoyment, like whatever you want to do. Like, what do you think is like to me right now? I love AEW. Uh, they've been really flawless in my book, but I still think WWE is the number one wrestling company in the United States and in the world right now. Yeah, I, I still think WWE will still be number one, uh, just because of name brand recognition. Like Jeff. You're a Yankees fan. They yeah. are the greatest baseball franchise in the world. They're not always the best team. True. And yeah. that's kind of how I see it with WWE. They're all you know, they're gonna be the top brand for a very for a long time. They may not have the best product, they may not have the best television all the time, but they have the most name recognition around the world. So AEW will probably, you know, could could have better you know, wrestling, could have better TV. But the branding has, I mean, we got 40 years of WWE branding out there. AEW has two and a half. 
Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a good point. I, and the analogy I've always heard when it comes to professional wrestling is with WWE and AEW is like WWE is the NFL. And AEW is looked at by outsiders as like the AAFL or UFL or XFL, right? Like all those offshoot brands. Like that's how it's looked at. They may have star power in those those organizations, but like the outsider looks at it and goes, ah, it's not WWE though. Like WWE is the name brand. That's the one that they grew up on. That's where they know Hogan, Cena, Rock, Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Undertaker, Mick Foley, Triple H, whoever, right? It's all there. The other one is like a knockoff. But I don't think AEW is going to fall into that same fold as as WCW did. It's it's a really intriguing time uh, for professional wrestling right now. And I wonder if if AEW has the abil- like has the ability to really overtake WWE here at some point. Um, I think in the eyes of wrestling fan purists, it probably has already. But you know, AEW isn't always like knocking them out of the ballpark. Like this past Wednesday was a really good edition of Dynamite, but the week prior was awful. Like Ma- Malachi Black and Brock Anderson was not a way that you close the show. Falling off of the of the CM Punk debut on Rampage, like the week you know less than a week before, like that was just a bizarre edition of Dynamite. Like they're not always knocking out of the park, but they went old school to close it out, bringing down the cage. Elites beating up the Lucha Brothers and Christian Cage. Ton of babyface love for those threes now. I just like the way that they do things. I like the way that Tony Khan does things. I like that when Tony Khan and AEW promote a match for next week's Dynamite or next or this Friday's Rampage, that they follow through with it. I don't like tuning into the show and going, wait, where's where's this uh, Daniel Garcia-Darby Allen match that I was told I was going to be able to watch? Like, what's going on? And the times that they have had pull those plugs, it's like valid reason. It's like someone tested positive for COVID or they're they're unable to perform or whatever. Um, it's just it's good wrestling right now. It's it's old school. It's it's a nice mix, Doctor Trey. It, it's like a mixture of Attitude Era professional wrestling, ECW, um, and it's also giving the wrestlers the creativity to do whatever they want. Like you could just tell the wrestlers are happy. Like, that's the number one takeaway two and a half weeks into it right now for me with CM Punk being back is, has there ever been a time where this guy's been happy? And it it radiates off the television. You're like, oh, if he's happy and this guy is well-known to be grumpy, people must be happy to go. Like, Daniel Bryan's leaving WWE to go there. Bray Wyatt is going there. Like, these are this is a place where people want to go. It's it's an exciting time for AEW right now, honestly, Dr. Trey. And and what did I say about Monday Night Raw? You could tell Damian Priest and Riddle are having fun in it. Yeah, yeah. Or AEW has an entire roster right now of guys who look like it. I would say Miro is the one guy who doesn't always look happy. But oh, but he's so good right now. He's so good. He's so good. Um, and, and the one thing they're doing better than WWE is they're writing compelling television because they'll leave the show with a cliffhanger or they'll wrap something up. And either way they do that makes you want to watch the next show to see what happens next. Oh my God, they, they left the guy laying in the ring. Tune in Friday to see what happens on Rampage. Or, oh, this feud's coming to an end. What's next for these guys? Tune in on Dynamite next Wednesday. You know, it, it's they're writing good TV because it's hooking you from week to week. Now, and, and the other thing I love about it is, and this is, this is kind of new for me, um, the main event guys aren't always the main event guys. Main event guys might start the show. I mean, we, we, we've seen a couple of episodes of, of, of Dynamite over the past few months where 
Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are opening the show, and that's their match, and then we don't see them the rest of the night. That's that's not a WWE thing. That's in, in, that's definitely not a WCW thing. If you saw Hogan begin the show, you saw Hogan at the end of the show. It was the bookend. AEW does do that. AEW trusts their talent that, hey, uh, we're, Daniel Garcia, which, by the way, this is the most time Daniel Garcia has ever been mentioned on a podcast in the history of podcasts. But uh, Daniel Garcia, hey, you're in the main event. Well, now they just made him a main event guy because they just had him in the main events. You know, is it similar to what they do with uh, Jay Uso on SmackDown? They had him in the main event, so he's main event Jay. Well, I mean, they, they throw Brock Anderson is technically a main eventer because he main evented the end of Dynamite. Like, they can kind of make anybody they want to be a main eventer by where they place him on the show. There's no pecking order. There's no hierarchy. It just kind of is, hey, we, we need this segment to be strong, so we'll put this guy here. This segment we don't need as strong, so we can fit you here. But, hey, on name value alone, you're in the main event. So I, I like how they're doing their television because they're, it's a lot of it that is Attitude Era-esque, where it was kind of bouncing around all over the place. Although, back in the Attitude Era, Austin was always in the main event, and we knew that. But AEW doesn't have that guy, and I think they know that. They have it now with Punk, but they didn't before pre-Punk. They didn't have that guy that was must-see television. Now they kind of have that guy, and let's see how they use him going forward, because everybody else was on equal footing pre-Punk. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool, and I think bringing up the Daniel Garcia stuff is is the best part because I don't watch dark. I don't watch dark elevation. And I was introduced to Daniel Garcia these, this last month. And, uh, I like what I see with him in the pairing with 2.0 and they've made him a star. Like for whatever reason, Tony Khan likes this kid and he's getting a ton of play with like Darby Allen, John Moxley and, and CM Punk. It's like, what the hell are they doing there? And they've made a star in less than a month with him and 2.0 like ever rise. We all knew was very talented from their stuff in NXT. And uh, AEW just like taps into these areas of of where we want to see creative people succeed that WWE has failed with, and they they capitalize on it. And that's what's really cool about the brand and all the momentum. And uh, it's a good time to be an AEW fan. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan, especially as we go into this Sunday with All Out. Uh, let's preview and predict the pay per view this Sunday, Doctor Trey, the Labor Day weekend tradition now. Uh, we have a pre-show match of Orange Cassidy, Cassidy Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus taking on the Hardy family office of Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Angelico, and Jack Yev Evans in a 10-man tag team match. Uh, I'm going to take Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus to win. Yeah, there's there's two guys on the babyface team that they're trying to build stars out of. Um, the heel side, not so much. So I'll take I'll take the best friends, the Lucha, or the, excuse me, Best friends, Jurassic Express, and is Wheeler best friends or is Wheeler Jurassic? I think he is. I, 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 he's, he's kind of floating in the middle sometimes. I think he's best friends, man. I think he's part of it. All right. Well, then I'm going with uh, best friends and Lucha Express. Uh, the 21 Women Casino Battle Royale for the AEW Women's World Championship match. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? There's plenty of women to choose from. It's the entire AEW Women's division and then some surprise, potential surprises. Oh, man, that this is a hard call to make because I don't really know where we're going to go with this. And I don't know everybody who's in the match. So uh, maybe we maybe I, pick, I think I might go Thunder Rosa okay. and get the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker feud reignited because I, I, I really love that pairing. To me, it, it, I don't I, it, I'm, I have no idea. So this is just a shot in the dark. So I'll take Thunder Rosa. Uh, I'm going to go with the former Ruby Riot. 
to make her debut as Ruby Soho. So I'm going to go with Ruby Soho to win this one, Dr. Trey. See, I, that's it, it's good, but man, tell me that's not very TNA WCWS to have the XWWE person come in and win the Battle Royal. Ah, then that was the big criticism in AW in year one, right? A lot well, of I mean, XWWE stars were being focused upon. But at least when Christian Cage debuted in his in that Battle Royal, Jungle Boy won. True, that is true. So, uh, next match here, you've got John Moxley taking on Satoshi Kojima, the cozy L- uh, lariat. I'm going to go with Mox to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mox, too, because I don't, I mean, unless Kojima's going to be an AEW fixture, I don't really see the upside of him winning. Um, unless New Japan just has a deal in place to get the revenge match if Kojima wins on American Soil, then Moxley gets the win in Japan. Uh, but I don't know those agreements, so I'll take Moxley as well. Uh, next match here is one that Dr. Trey is really excited about. Paul White taking on QT Marshall. Before I throw it over to you, one of my favorite things is hearing Paul White's theme song where it's like a complete ripoff of the well, it's the big show. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? Um, uh, I, I'm going to take Paul White. Uh, I, I, to me, this I really want to see QT in the factory win, uh, but Paul White's, Paul White's debut match in in uh, AEW, I just I don't see them. I mean, QT's so good in his role as being like just that annoying coach type character. So I'll take Paul White in his No More BS in his Big Show ripoff theme song which was performed by the guy who did the original song. So that's is, is that true? I didn't know that. Yes. Paul White did an interview. Actually said he actually reached out to, I, don't, I forgot the singer's name, but actually reached out to him and, and ran it by, um, crap. The guy, the guy that does, um, the guy that does the music for AEW. Your, your buddy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually blanking on his name. Cause I've got, Oh, Mikey, Mikey, um, Mikey Ruckus. Yes. Yeah, so he got he got Mikey in touch with the original singer for the the Wells the Big Show theme to do this theme. So I, that's why I really love it as well. I thought it was. I didn't didn't really know that that was tr- true. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to go with Paul White as well, who uh, recently the Gun Club turning their backs on Paul White. Uh, next match here is the Chris Jericho versus MJF match. If Jericho loses, he must retire from in ring competition. I'll go first, Doctor Trey. I'm going to go with Jericho to finally defeat MJF. See, I'm torn because I know there's a Fozzie tour coming up, and that was always our, our way out <laughs> for Jericho. You know, in WWE, every time Jericho be in a match, you're like, oh, there's a Fozzie tour coming up, Jericho's losing. Um, but I don't know if you can have Jericho retire from pro wrestling and also have Cody Rhodes never being able to challenge for the AEW title at the same time. So I'll take Jericho as well. Plus, if, 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 if Jericho loses, you and I don't, you don't gain any ground on me in the uh, picks. There you go. For the TNT Championship. Miro defends against the Mad King himself, Eddie Kingston. This should be a fun one. Dr. Trey, who do you like? I, I this is a this is a picking straight from my heart. I'm picking Eddie Kingston. I really want to see Kingston get, you know, a title and get some I don't want to say credibility because everybody in the indie wrestling world and anybody who's a diehard wrestling fan loved Eddie Kingston. Um but I really want to see him showcase on a national stage. I, I Go back to what him and Mox challenged for the tag belts. I thought that had been a good avenue. Uh, I'm going to take Eddie Kingston getting the win over Miro and, and winning the TNT title. Yeah, I certainly want Eddie Kingston to win as well. But uh, I'm going to go with Miro here, the Redeemer. I think Lana's coming to AEW, so I'm going to take uh, Miro to retain the TNT championship. Uh, next match here, I'm excited for this one. Steel Cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. The Young Bucks defend against the Lucha Bros. I'm going to go with the Lucha Bros, Dr. Trey. I feel like this is their uh, their time to uh, to win and become tag team champions, finally. 
Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks only because I, I feel like this is a placeholder for the Lucha Express to get back into the title picture. Because I think, I think at the end of the day, they look at the Lucha Bros being over. Um, they they still want to build Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy eventually getting a tag team title run with with uh, Luchasaurus would be great for his career. So I think uh, the Bucks get the win, and then it sets up for Lucha Express to get their rematch. You know, here at the next pay per view. Next match here is for the AW Women's World Championship. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defends against Chris Statlander. Dr. Trey, what say you? Uh, I got Britt Baker. I mean, I love Chris Statlander. She's fantastic, and I'm glad she's back from her knee injury. Uh, but nobody talks, nobody cuts a better promo than Britt Baker, and she hasn't had the belt that long, so why take it off of her now? So I'll take Britt Baker to retain. I'm going to take Britt Baker as well. Uh, CM Punk taking on Darby Allen. I, I don't think you have CM Punk return and lose in Chicago, but part of me feels like, like usually this is a layup, but I think it's like almost 50-50 that Darby Allen could win this match, but I'm going to go with CM Punk, Dr. Trey. Do you think we, we see signs that say if Darby wins, we riot? Absolutely, like it, yeah. It does kind of feel like RVD, John Cena, in the ECW arena at one night stand. It does kind of have that vibe to it. And, and I can see AEW going, you know what? We talk about building new stars. Um, but I'm with I'm taking CM Punk getting the win. I mean, he, he tagline literally says best in the world. If he loses his first match, you're throwing that tagline out the window. So I'll take Punk to get the win over Darby. And then finally for the AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega defends against Christian Cage. No disrespect to Christian Cage, but uh, the Impact World Champion, I feel like this is Kenny Omega's match to win dr trey so i'm going to take kenny omega yeah i'm with you i got omega as well because i think this is still once again we're still waiting for the return of adam page so all right uh, i'll take i'll take kenny to get the win so there you go aw all out preview predictions is in the books we will recap and review this pay-per-view on next week's edition of the podcast on september 9th uh go out there download that and check it out once that is available with that said, Dr. Trey, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download this show every Thursday at TheBowerShow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff, and for Dr. Trey Franken at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Big show coming up this Saturday. Also, uh, if you go to our page, you can see uh, my work with Mayhem Championship Wrestling out of Tennessee. Uh, coming up September 11th, Jeff, I, I, I cannot believe I get to be the color commentator for this match. It's the Good Brothers, the Impact World Titan Champions, defending their belt. In Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, of all places, against Josh Alexander, and wait for this one, Jeff, Scott Demore. Wow. Scott Demore getting in the ring, I think he said for the first time in like five years, to team with Josh Alexander to do a Team Canada-type field to go against the Good Brothers, and I get to call this match. Like, I am, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this. Uh, but yeah, check out the show, the, the, the previous episodes we've done. I got the last episode, the newest episode just put out on the SRTU Facebook page. You can hear yours truly doing color commentary on that show. So go there, support all the great things that support the Still Real the Show, and check out that uh, that episode that is now out there. Dr. Trey, when will you be calling this match again for Good Brothers versus Alexander and Demore? 
next Saturday, September 11th. I can't uh, wait to hear these stories. I, I, and it, once again, I'll be well. Actually, we're actually taping this one to be sold as like a DVD out of Mayhem Championship Wrestling. Uh, I get to be in a locker room with the executive vice president of Impact Wrestling. Like that alone has me excited, and I'm like, in the same time, going. Oh, if I screw this up, <laughs> they'll never, ever consider me for a broadcast agent in fact. Dr. Trey, oh. knock it out of the park, my friend. That's the, that's the plan. But you, in worst case scenario, dude, I get to see Scott DeBoer get in a wrestling ring with Josh Alexander and the Good Brothers, and I get to be 10 feet from ringside when it happens. Like, that alone has just gotten me super excited. That is the dream. That is the wrestling dream, my friends. The story of Dr. Trey Franklin continues. So go there to support all the great things that support SRTU. And once again, we'll be back next week to recap and review AEW All Out on September 9th for episode number 604. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Stay safe. This is The Story Close Show. My life Taking school spirit. The bunch is getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The bunch is getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock.